It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. Coach uh, Josh Strasser from the uh, McCutcheon Mavericks off of back-to-back wins as they head into their bye week. Uh, we'll talk with him about uh, how the season has gone uh, in his eyes and uh, how they're approaching their bye week. He is a uh, first time he's ever had a bye week. You know, been the head coach over at Delphi and before that was over at West Lafayette. Eh, the smaller schools don't have the bye week. So uh, we'll talk with him about that and uh, a little bit more. That's uh, all on the way. But right now, let's start. Uh, just like we always do. Need to know news. Here's your need to know news. All right, let's stick with some uh, high school football real quick. Here, congrats to Pat Shanley, the Area 4 Colts High School Coach of the Week. Congrats to Coach Shanley. Had him on on Monday. Big win over Kokomo. Um, and tonight, Purdue Volleyball hosted a big one on BTN 8 p.m. Number three, Nebraska comes a call in here. And again, it's sold out, but you can watch it tonight on BTN. Let's go, Dave Shondell and company. It's a solid squad they got coming in here tonight. We'll see them beat the number three team in the country. All psyched for that. What else you watched on your Wednesday night? Got you covered. Uh, for the first time, it looks like an NFL owner has publicly talked about removing Washington's Dan Snyder from his ownership spot. And it's Indianapolis Colts owner Jim Ursay talked to a media scrum at fall meetings yesterday afternoon. Said the allegations were gravely concerning against Snyder. <laughs> Which ones? You'll have to be more specific, my friend. Quote, Jim Ursay, I believe there is merit to removing him as owner of the Commanders. There's consideration that he should be removed. The league does require 24 of 32 owners to approve that. It is highly inappropriate, but not surprising, that Mr. Ursay opted to make statements publicly based on falsehoods in the media, the Commanders spokesperson said in a statement. It's unfortunate Mr. Ursay decided to go public with a statement today while an investigation is in process and the team has had no opportunity to formally respond to allegations the commanders have made remarkable progress over the past two years. We are confident that he has an opportunity to see the actual evidence in this case. Mr. Ursay will conclude that there is no reason for the Snyders to consider selling the franchise and they won't. I don't know, man. A lot of accusations. And if just one of them comes out to be true, I feel like there is grounds for removal here, right? I mean, there's the whole cheerleader stuff I thought was plenty to get him to get rid of this franchise. But no, now he's withholding, allegedly, money from other teams visiting the FedEx field. Fudging the books a little bit? Oh, boy. 
Does he have dirt on other owners? Has he been using PIs? It's a whole big mess. Well, we'll see what happens. There won't be a vote, but clearly there's been some talk about it. Uh, speaking of the Colts, first practice of the week underway. We're looking at some big-time names that have been out. Shaquille Leonard in a red non-contact jersey. Getting work in. Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Himes, Deion Jackson all working, which is big news for the backfield as they get ready to head down to Tennessee on Sunday with the division lead on the line. Tonight, NBA action for your Indianapolis or your Indiana Pacers. They're hosting the Wizards, one-point home dog. Chicago, a seven-point road dog tonight at Miami. Bulls announcing yesterday that Zach Levine will miss the team's opener tonight against the Heat with left left knee injury management. Or you could just say that he's hurt. What happens when you sit out due to injury? You're managing it. (laughs) <laughs> I love how they craft the words for this stuff. Oh, goodness. I guess, am I supposed to believe that he could go if he wanted to tonight, but they're just sitting him to give him extra rest? Is that what that's supposed to mean? Okay. I guess I'm on board with that. There you go. Uh, that right there is the need to know news. Let's get into our best bets, right? All right, so last night, the Celtics owned the first half and then just folded in the fourth quarter. My goodness. I think the Celtics ended up shooting like 57% in that game. 76ers shot like over 50 as well. Ugh. That was rough, man. They weren't even trying to play defense at one point, and then it just felt like Boston couldn't miss a three-pointer. It was tough. Real tough. All right, we're going to get back after it tonight. We'll use my friends with DraftKings here. First off, uh, they do have a great mega boost for you. The KD Mega Boost. All he has got to do tonight is score 20-plus points. Normally minus 1,000 boosted to even money for you tonight. Check your max there. But you got to get on that. Okay. They're also offering you a build-your-same-game uh, parlay, get up to a 100% profit boost. You've been hearing me talk about that. You can have a 50% profit boost for any game tonight if you haven't used it from last night. There's also a special for you Pacers fans tonight. Get the Pacers to beat the Wizards, boosted to plus 150. Pacers right now, minus 105 on the money line. They are a one-point dog tonight. But you can get that money line boosted to 150. So this is essentially a pick 'em anyway. Washington is one and four against the spread in their last five games. Three for ni- three and nine against the spread in their last 12 on the road. Haven't been a good road team. One point. Why not take the 150? Make sure you opt in. It's right up there at the top. That's uh, easy to do. Also, for you NBA betters, opt in, get a 33% profit boost pack to use on Knicks and Grizzlies tonight. 33% profit boost pack on the Mavs and Suns. I mean, they got you covered here. Chicago tonight, seven and a half dog. I mean, I like Miami. Do they cover the seven and a half? No, Zach Levine definitely makes me wonder. I mean, Vooch is going to have some big numbers, I'm sure, tonight. 
but I don't have them winning. I don't want to mess with that one too much. I feel like you're getting some good positive uh, value out of that uh, Pacers promo at the plus 150. That seems to be uh, the move tonight in the NBA. So I'll go ahead and, and do that. Not enthusiastic about it. I just, I don't, we talked about it yesterday. I'm not huge on like the first couple of weeks of the NBA. You're trying to figure everything out. And you saw what happened last night when we just try to use some sound logic. It, it all goes down the commode. So uh, that's where I, the, the Durant thing is still great, though. I love that. At plus 100, you got to get in on that. Uh, we hit our hockey boost last night, didn't we? That's right. We hit that prop. No problem. I think we did that before the end of the second period, too. Nice. So we're back at it again tonight on hockey. We're so hot on hockey right now. So hot on hockey. So uh, here's what I want to dial up for you here tonight. Um, It's not the most appealing slate. Like, I like the Blues over the Kraken, but that's falling all the way to minus 140. We only got three games tonight. Flyers just played last night, came back to beat Tampa. Uh, Now they're down in uh, Florida. They were just in Tampa. They're big underdogs tonight, but second game of a back-to-back, I don't know if I want to get in on that. So that leaves us with the Avalanche and the Winnipeg Jets in an over of 6.5. I have to take the over. Even at minus 120, that's not the best odds in the world, but uh, that'll be the bet tonight. Uh, The Avs have played three games so far this season. Each has hit over 6.5 goals. In the first three games, they've scored a combined 14 goals themselves. A lot of firepower. They've also given up at least two goals per game this season. Their power play unit is fantastic. They are scoring on uh, 50% right now on the season. I know it's only three games in, but that's still pretty good. And recent meetings between these two, four out of the last five games, the over is hit when they have played in Colorado like they are doing Tonight. So that's our hockey bet for this evening. We're going to go ahead and take the Avs and the Jets on the over. Jets aren't very good on the power play defense either. Oh, that's such great news for me. Such, such great news. Oh, yeah, by the way, the Avalanche are uh, terrible in giving up uh, power plays as well. So there should be some goal score tonight. I'm not a fan of minus 20 on a a 6.5 over under. And the Winnipeg Jets have uh, struggled to score goals early against the Rangers, who are a solid defensive team. Dallas is okay, but they only put up one goal in each one of those. Look, I I like the Avalanche here tonight. Um, If you feel the need to take the puck line to get some value out of that, go ahead. But... um, I'm much more interested in the over. Play the 60-minute line. Don't take the puck line. Play the 60-minute line if you're going to do that. Over is the official play. Uh, I'll mildly suggest the Avalanche minus 145 to win in regulation. All right, uh, hang tight. We're going to come back here. I got Coach Josh Drosser from the McCutcheon Mavericks going to join us next. Uh, they are on the bye this week before they take on the Hawks, but they're coming off of two uh Great wins to end the season. We'll see where that team is at as they uh, head into the bye, so stick around. We'll talk a little high school football next here on the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer 101. Welcome back to the uh, Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Over to our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, we've got Coach Josh Strasser from the McCutcheon Mavericks. Uh, just picked up their third win on the season last week, a 37 to nothing victory 
over Marion. Coach, again, congratulations getting to a running clock for the second week in a row. Um, absolutely huge, uh, I think, for this team and uh, really building some momentum here as you guys get into uh, your sectional matchup against Decatur Central next week. Congratulations on another big win last week. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was uh, it was great to recognize our seniors on uh, Friday night, uh, get all those guys, uh, have a situation where we can get all those guys in the game, playing their last home game. Um, nice to get some momentum here. Uh, any, anytime you can get momentum, that's always a good thing. You know, um, you, know you hear a lot of coaches start, um, things are starting fresh for them uh, for, the, for the playoffs, but Man, you, you get a little momentum behind you. That that just carries you forward in, into it doesn't matter who you're playing. It's just always nice to have a little momentum going into the playoffs. And, too, and we've talked about this before, about finding that success on the uh, scoreboard with you know everything you've asked these young men to buy into. I, I know uh, for a lot of them it's been a uh, transition. It's certainly been a, a tough transition trying to adapt to the uh, new stuff here. And, and as you guys can try to build, and you see, when we talked about this the first four weeks where you, you, you see the effort there, but it's not showing up on the scoreboard just yet. Now it is starting to show up on the scoreboard a little bit too, and it just feels like you know that's uh, that's a little validation for you guys. Yeah, absolutely, and and we're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of big changes. In our program, you know, we were talking the other day that, you know, my goodness, we, you know, first three or four games, I can't tell you how many penalties we had with linemen downfield, um, and and those were big penalties in big games and in situations where, you know, we felt we were we were getting into the red zone or, or we were about to enter the red zone, and then, and those are drive killers, and we we have eliminated those, and 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 those are things that we credit the kid for, um, you know, for battling adversity for listening being coachable that's a big thing we talk about being coachable um and, and our, our kids are doing that and then they're showing growth over the season which is you know when we talk about being coachable i, I mean look there's uh there may be nothing uh more fragile than like a 15 or 16 year old's uh boy's ego let me tell you uh that's not always the easiest thing we are not necessarily built at that age to handle constructive criticism and, and that kind of coaching uh, that's a real testament to the uh, kind of kids you got it, it really is we have great kids here um and, and they want to succeed and all kids want to be held accountable and we we've noticed that early on that the kids appreciate that they want structure they, they, they want to be held accountable for what's going on, but it, it's how you do it and how you interpret that moving forward. So our, our kids know that, you know, we're all going to fail, um, and that's okay, but it's about what we do the next step. Think about to where you started out the season there on August 19th and, and where you're at uh, right now as you head into sectionals. What's the biggest change that you've seen uh, in your team from uh, week one to the end of the regular season here? I, I would say offensively, our, our biggest change is we, we've had to go to the air game a little bit more than what I thought we might, um, you know, week one. Um, you know, week one, we came out against Garen and, you know, we were, you know, we were pounding the ball and, you know, putting drives together. We put some drives together against Westside and, um, you know, teams have realized that. And so we, we've had to go to the air game a little bit more, which is okay. You know, we, I feel like we've got a great quarterback in Owen Smith. We've got, um, you know, talented receivers and, I know those guys are appreciating the air game a little bit more than what we were the first half. So I would say definitely offensively that, that's, that's been a, a change of the focus, but that's just based on what the defense has given us and how this offense is set up. Um, you know, I, I think defensively we, we've got more physical up front. 
Um, and, and our coaches are doing a really good job at understanding what we have, what we don't have, and what we can do. And, uh, you know, I credit our coaches over the course of the season for adapting. Coach Josh Strasser on with us here on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Head coach of the McCutcheon Mavericks with the bye week this week. Next week, uh, they will take on Decatur Central and the Hawks. So uh, what has the plan been for this uh, bye week? How did you guys elect to attack it? Did you try to keep things as normal as possible? Did you kind of back down a little bit uh, earlier on in the week, give the kids some time off? How did you guys attack the bye week? Yeah, I mean, this is my first time as a head coach having a bye week. So, you know, we really kind of had to lean on some others that, that have had some experience and kind of get some different perspectives. So, you know, our, our fall break just ended. Um, you know, we had fall break from Friday and Monday. And, uh, you know, we gave the kids Saturday through Monday off. Let them be kids. Let them get some downtime and re-energize here before the playoffs are going. So everything kind of just pushes back a day this week, which we're okay with. Uh, so we'll have, you know, nine practices uh, to get ready for Decatur. Uh, so, you know, shorten it up a little bit this week and uh, just keep them fresh, keep them healthy. Um, you know, two weeks of uh, preparing for one opponent, that, that, can, uh, that can get stale pretty fast. So, yeah, we're just, we're just keeping it light um, in, in practice this week and uh, kind of, you know, just uh, – Hitting, you know, scratching the surface, what we want to do, and then we'll get really detailed as the week goes on. Coach, uh, everybody wants to win that last game of the season. Nobody wants to lose their last game of of the year. But you kind of come into this uh, the four team sectional, um, and, and you're going to be down towards the bottom when we talk about the Sagarin ratings. Uh, but this is a Decatur Central team too that really hasn't lived up to their expectations. Is this a situation where you feel like your team feels? Um, maybe like they're playing with house money, maybe a little bit loose and free, or um, is this a little bit more, I, I don't know, everybody always wants to, you know, you want to win, obviously, but do you feel like this is a little bit more of a situation like, hey, we don't really have anything to lose at this point? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we don't have anything to lose. You know, we're a 3-6 and six team. We're a, still a fresh new program with, with everything that we're doing and how we're doing it. Um, you know, we've got a lot of young guys playing, so this is a great opportunity uh, to get experience for some of those guys. Um, you know, our seniors want to go out and, you know, leave a legacy. Um, you know, we talked the other day, one of their biggest moments was, you know, winning winning a sectional game against Kokomo a couple years ago. And, um, you know, we asked them to, to help the younger guys have that moment down the road. So this, this is something that, uh, you know, Decatur's, you know, they, they've faced a lot of adversity this year. They, you know, they've, they've lost some really big key players to their program. Um, including, uh, you know, a Division One Virginia Tech commit. Um, so, you know, they've been battling, battling and facing some adversity. So this is something that I know that they're probably in the same situation. They're, they're not where they want to be. They had some really close games. Um, you know, maybe possession goes differently. They're maybe a 6-3 and three team and not a 3-6 and six team. But definitely something that, that our team is hungry to keep the success that we've had going. And, um, and just, you know, go down swinging, I think. Coach Josh Strasser here on our Hammerhead Hotline. McCutcheon with the bye week this week. And then uh, next week they will take on Decatur Central, the winner going to the sectional championship. Coach, uh, congratulations yet on another win there. Uh, nice start to uh, the career here, ending the regular season on a couple of wins. And, uh, you know, we'll talk with you next week. And best of luck as you guys uh, prepare for that first-round sectional game. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Jared. A big thanks to Coach for being on here. And, uh, yeah, McCutcheon's an interesting team. I've been kind of saying this for a couple of weeks now. Um, ever since they had that, 
that, that went against Tech where they went to the running clock, I, that was a little bit of an eye-opener here. I thought they would break through, get wins at the end of the year against Tech and Marion. I also thought they should have won against Logansport. But the fashion that they've won the last two weeks, I know Tech and Marion aren't any good, but you know McCutcheon went into both those games after losing six on the season. I mean, and they went to the running clocks. I mean, that signaled to me that they may not have the best record in the NCC, but they're clearly above those, you know, bad teams like you know Richmond and, and Tech and Marion and Muncie Central because they're winning those games by impressive margins. They're not eking out a win; they're winning those games by some impressive margins. So now I look at this as, you know, they're going to go into this game against Decatur Central, the Hawks, who uh, play in an extremely tough conference. Uh, Mid-state conference is just, it's chock full of some really, really good teams. Whiteland and Franklin are both, uh, like top, are they like five or six maybe in, uh, in their respective, uh, spots. I mean, both of them are potential regional opponents here. Now, Whiteland's number two now this week. Franklin is eighth. So you got two top ten teams right there in that conference. Mooresville's seven and two on the year. Martinsville six and three on the year. So yeah, I mean that's a that's a solid football conference right there. I think Martinsville might actually be ranked too, right? And they're down there in four. We don't discuss any 4A football. That's kind of a problem. But, uh, well, I mean, Mooresville's ranked eighth in 4A. Martinsville might be getting some votes. But still, uh, that's a tough schedule. I think McCutcheon's played a tough schedule, but probably not as tough, and, and the Sagarin tells me this too, not as tough as what uh, Plainfield and Decatur Central have gone through. But this is a really good opportunity, I think, for McCutcheon, who's, like I said, I'll kind of play with house money, you think. I don't think they have much to lose here. I don't think anybody is, they're clearly the underdog in that sectional. I don't think anybody's expecting them to win. And I think you've got a Decatur Central team that's gone out the last couple of weeks and taken losses against uh, Perry Meridian, who is 3-6. and six. Franklin, they lose that one last week. And when you look at their losses... Um, Perry Meridian, Franklin, Plainfield, and OT, Mooresville. Um, so that's like from the middle of September all the way through the end of the, uh, the season. All those losses have been by a single score. So I think mentally, I, I question where the Hawks are at right now. Their quarterback took a lick uh, out against Franklin last week as well. I'm not going to promise you anything. I'm not going to stake my claim on it. But I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if uh, McCutcheon makes this uh, a much closer game than anybody expects against the Hawks. I think it's certainly possible here. But in order for McCutcheon to do that, they've got to come out early and they've got to score. If I'm Josh Strasser, I want the ball. We need to score first. You need to put... Uh, that on their radar, and, and I think 
that sends a message. But if they come out there and they give up an early score or they give up a long drive, it's just not going to happen. And they're going to have to come out, set a tone early, probably get a couple of uh, turnovers, will help out greatly here. Uh, I don't think they're as, uh, as far out of the fight as everybody might think that they are. But it's a tremendous opportunity, I think, for McCutcheon against Decatur Central because uh, I just see this kind of playing with house money. All right, we're going to take a break. Yesterday, Jim Ursay with some big-time statements at the uh, owners' meetings here. We'll talk about that and what they mean and what's going to happen going forward. That's next. You are listening to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 101. Hey, welcome back to the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Jared Jessel. You can always reach out on the Blue Fox uh, text line, Blue Fox Heating and Cooling text line, 765 447 4080. That's uh, 765 447 4080. Send those uh, text messages in. Love to hear from you guys uh, with uh, what you guys think as well uh, on uh, whatever the topics may be. All right. So yesterday was very, very big at the uh, fall owner meetings. Whether or not this was planned or or not, it just um, I don't, it was highly unusual that Jim Ursay came out and basically said, you know, he says there's, there's merit for removing Dan Snyder from ownership of uh, of, of Washington. Look, I, if you read, if you follow this, you know that the allegations and the history of allegations involving Dan Snyder and Washington are not, not ideal, right? Uh, there's all the stuff with the cheerleaders, which was disgusting. There was the financial flubs, in there, allegedly, that included withholding money from fans. It included, included withholding money from other team owners. Now there's the new ESPN report that he may have hired PIs to dig up dirt on other owners to try to protect himself as they try to force him out, if they do force him out. I think we can all agree that he has not come off as an ideal um, owner in the NFL, if anybody deserves it, it would appear Dan Snyder deserved the boot out of NFL ownership. Finding somebody to buy the team is is not the issue. The couple things that stand out to me when we talk about what he said is, A, the fact that it's being said out loud by fellow owners. You know, the NFL has a history of trying to keep things quiet keep things amongst themselves. The owners don't want to be a distraction. They want everything just to kind of handle itself naturally. Remember that episode of The Office where they did the conflict resolution and Toby just lets them vent and stuff and then just hopes that the problems kind of go away and all resolves itself? That's kind of what NFL owners like to do. Now, there have been thoughts of why hasn't this been done to Dan Snyder sooner? At what point is it going to take? And there's a simple reason uh, for that. There, there's just, in Snyder's defense, he's going to bring up a lot of dirt. Stuff that we already publicly kind of know about and ask, uh, why hasn't this kind of stuff been applied to other owners 
Why is it just me that's being forced out? Because there will be a legal fight. And Jim Irsay is a prime example of that, isn't he? A guy we know some, some kind of, some dirt that's very unflattering in the past. And Dan Snyder will start to look at these things and go, hey, I didn't see anything like this happening. Nobody made Jim Irsay sell the Colts. It's just, it, it's interesting that it's being brought out as in much to the light as it has been. Because what the league definitely does not want to do is set any kind of precedent here for other owners to be forced out. Because they've all got baggage. So that's why I'm surprised they're being so vocal in this. My understanding is the NFL probably has a backdoor plan here to get Snyder to sell without any of this conflict. And you would think that that would be the way to go for them. That's the way they like to operate. That backdoor is simply this. As an NFL owner, your franchise, you're allowed to carry so much debt. Now, the owners can go ahead and approve a raising of your debt limit, which they previously did for Snyder when he wanted to buy out his other partners. Well, how long ago was that? About a decade ago? So they approved that. Now, Dan Snyder needs a new stadium. D.C.'s not really playing ball with that right now. He'd have to spend more of his money. That stadium is falling apart. You're already seeing teams from the 90s who built stadiums like Carolina, uh, like um, uh, Tennessee, sorry. They're getting a new stadium that was built in the late 90s, all around the same time that FedEx Field was built. You want to generate revenue, you got to have a new stadium. You want to be able to welcome in things like the Super Bowl, things of that nature. But in order to do that, he would have to get the approval to raise his, his the amount of debt that he carries. And the NFL could simply say no to that. And then he's in a financial bind here because he can't get DC's help to do anything. He don't want to spend all of his money to do this. He'd almost be forced to sell the team. That's the that's the quiet way to do this. And with that known and that on the books, it just makes me wonder um, how many of these owners got together and said, hey, Jim should take the lead on this. Of course, Ursay also said he's not scared of any dirt that Dan uh, might have brought up, taking the moral high ground. But here's the other thing, too, is we kind of know what Ursay's dirt is already. It's not a revelation, is it? Now, I'm not saying that what Ursay did was wrong. Uh, clearly, th- this moral stand is the right thing to do, and I applaud him for that. And I'm not going to harp on his past. Because my estimation, I, Snyder's got to go. I, I was, once he got through the, the disgusting things with the cheerleaders and those allegations, I was ready for him to go. And I really thought once they started looking at the books and then there's the allegations of uh, fudging the financials, he was withholding money allegedly from other team owners. It's one thing billionaires love. It's their money. And when you mess with it, that's usually a red line for them. 
If they're waiting for this thing to naturally work itself out, that Dan's just going to get tired of it and sell the team, he's made it very clear he's not selling the team. So they got to put him in a box some way to get him to let go of this thing. And if it's one thing billionaires love, it is their money. And he will get a pretty penny for that franchise. Definitely will. And be a franchise that as soon as ownership takes possession of that, they'll have a new deal for a new stadium. They'll make even more money. It'll be a great investment. And, of course, when you're paying, like, what? Well, how much we pay for the Broncos? It was like a little over $4 billion? What do you think Washington's worth? And when you evaluate a program like that, as high as it does, guess what it does to the rest of the franchises? It raises all those ships. Yeah, it's just, I think at this point for the owners, it does come down to money. Maybe for some it is a moral issue, but I think it just comes down to the money and what Dan Snyder might be costing the league. As Jim Irsay said when he explained his uh, explained his comments from yesterday, the shield is taking some damage, and he feels the need to defend it. Best of luck, man. But I'm kind of surprised that the owners that are in favor, and again, they need what like some 26 of these teams to to uh, vote him out. I'm surprised that he was the one that takes the lead on this. Just me. All right, we're going to take one more break. We'll come back. We'll get our things that we missed, and uh, we'll wrap up the Hammerdown Show next. Hammerdown Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I, I want to thank Tom for sending this in to me here uh, via the uh, Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. I did not see this in my ranting about uh, you know what Ursay had to say about Dan Snyder. Apparently, the winner of the Commander's Week 1 50-50 raffle won $14,000 in the check bounced from the Washington Football Charitable Foundation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, there, The story is updated, though. It does say that... They finally did get it and uh, they put it directly into his account. So I guess no harm, no foul, but that's still still really weird. Uh, uh, Rick Patino, What's up, Rick? You remember Rick Patino? Goodness gracious. Quote, if I had a choice for when I could die, it would probably be on the sidelines. Just roll a seven right there. What? Nobody, no. Why Why do we say stuff like that? You ever think about everybody else, Rick? Like, nobody wants to watch you die on the sidelines in the middle of a basketball game. They're kids trying to play. There's people watching on TV. Nobody in attendance wants to see you keel over and die in the middle of a basketball game would be happy doing that could you imagine being down 20 and then you have a heart attack and die in the middle of your court that's no way to go man i don't know i get it's like one of those like oh i wish i could just i don't ever want to retire type things maybe but think about what you're saying just throwing that out there man who wants to watch that? Nobody does. And you know it's not going to come at some great time or anything like that. 
be holler at your team on the sideline down 15-20 to some bad team in the conference and have a heart attack. I just, why, why do people think it's cool to say stuff like that? <laughs> think, think about that if it actually happened. Nobody would like that, including yourself. Nobody wants their last image of you to be lying motionless on the court. No. Think think before you say. I feel like you don't do that enough. But Rick's got his own. Rick's got a whole other bag of stuff where we're just like, ugh. Great story that I saw out of Wyoming today. A college wrestler, and this is on ESPN2, um, survived a bear attack over the weekend. Him and another wrestler from Northwest College in Cody, Wyoming, were out in the woods looking for antlers. And a bear come running out of the trees. Didn't even see it until it was right in front of me, but I heard the crashing. The only thing I could yell is, bear, bear. I just knew I had to protect my head and kind of fight for you know life or death, you know. His teammate, Kendall Cummings, tries to stop the attack by yelling, kicking, and going after the bear. You don't want to lose my friend. It was so bad. There was a big old bear on top of him. I could have run and potentially lost a friend or get him off and save him. That's exactly what he did. Put him in a rear naked choke. Let's go. You got friends like that? Like, if you're out in the woods, do you have a friend? You got attacked by a bear, and he's on top of you. That that dude's going to be like, boom, I'm throwing a shoulder in this guy. I'm jumping on top. I'm, I'm putting a sleeper hold on the bear. He stands up on two legs. I'm going low. I'm taking out that knee. I'm going for an ACL on the bear. You got friends like that? You should. In fact, this weekend, you're hanging out. You go out to the bar. You're having a beer with your buddy. Go, hey, listen. Grizzly bear comes at me. What are you doing? Get him on record right now. The bear jacked up the buddy, too, man. Knocked me on the ground and then, uh, with its head, pushed me to the ground all the way up against the trees and then kind of pinned me up there. And it was attacking me. I was putting my hands in its mouth and stuff so it wouldn't be chewing on my neck and everything. The bear eventually walked away, but was gone only briefly. Says, I heard the bear kind of grunting behind me and I heard it walking. Then I saw it again and it came to attack us. After the bear left a second time, Cummings pulled himself up, looked for his teammates. They were both able to walk to an area with cell service and called 911. Do you got friends like that, man? That's the power of team sports, man. They talked about this, too. Like, their bond as, as wrestlers on the same team. That was something that uh, he thought about the entire time. Man didn't even think about his own well-being. Just saw his friend being attacked by a bear and straight took it on. Man, give that kid a medal. Give him a conference honor. Make up a preseason award for him. I mean, that dude's, that dude's a hero right there. Hero. Ask your friends this weekend. You attack, a bear comes, you attacking, man? What are you doing? Put them on record. And also Google what to do if you're attacked by a bear. Just be safe.
All right, prepare for that this week. Don't let the Bears get the upper hand. Uh, that's going to do it for us here uh, on the uh, Hammer Down Show. Big thanks, Coach Josh Strasser, for being on with us here, too. Uh, always great. Uh, rooting for those Mavericks as they take on uh, Decatur Central uh, next Friday night. The winner of that game will take on the winner of Plainfield and Harrison for a sectional title. Now, coming back tomorrow here, we creep a little bit closer to Saturday in Purdue and Wisconsin. We also have Coach Shane Fry, Westside Red Devils. They are in action against Twin Lakes on Friday night, which will be our high school football game of the week. So uh, we'll hear from him and uh, where they're at. That's a pretty banged up team, but uh, we'll see how they're holding on here as uh, they look to uh, host host a game, sectional game. Seems like forever since they've hosted a sectional game. So um, he'll be on. That's tomorrow back here on the Hammer Down Show. Don't forget, you can listen to this whole episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, we're on Facebook. Follow us at 1017 The Hammer and on Facebook. I'll see you back here tomorrow, 3 o'clock.